Welcome to the Whitefish Chain Experience Podcast, where we break the chain of isolation and engage our community with stories, insights, latest trends, and our recommendations for the perfect Whitefish Chain Experience. Here is your host, Kent Carlson. Hey guys, welcome to the episode. Thank you for being here today. I'm really excited to introduce Bill Burry to you. Bill is the tour guide at the Cross Lake Railroad Museum, and we got into a really good discussion about some of the recent moves that the association has had to make since 2006. Bill brought us up to date with that. But then we got into real good discussion about the um, the railroad museum itself and the exhibits and all the work that they've done there that you can go see. It's amazing. So if your interests are uh, the miniature world, uh, the history of the railroad and what that means to our state here in Minnesota, also uh, technology and art, and it all comes together at the Model Railroad Museum here in Cross Lake. So Bill's going to give us more of an update on all that's going on and what you can anticipate when you come up here to go go visit and uh, we'll get started right now. So again, thanks for listening and we'll dive into the interview with Bill. Hey Bill, good to see you. How are you doing today? Doing just great, Ken. And right. I want to thank you for letting me be on this podcast and, and what you're doing uh, for our railroad club up here in Cross Lake. All right. Awesome, Bill. Well, hey, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for seeing me today and giving me a little time with your busy schedule. I'd like you to just take a few minutes before we get into a lot of the detail around the Railroad Museum. Just share with the listeners a little background information about you, maybe on a personal note, and just okay. kind of introduce yourself. That would be great. Thank you, okay. Bill. Okay, folks. My name is Bill Burry. I came up to Cross Lake for the first time in about the year uh, 2000. And so my wife and I were invited up to Breezy Point Resort at the time for opening a fishing. And we came up here in this beautiful area of 14 lakes on the chain here and uh, fell in love with the area. And my wife said to me, said, uh, Bill, I think we should uh, retire up there. So the next year in 2001, we came up again and we ended up buying a townhome in Cross Lake on the chain. We're uh, on a nice little channel in a, in a uh, lagoon there. We have our own dock and shore station. And uh, when we want to go eat, we can even go by boat. So it's a wonderful thing that we have up here and uh, uh, we're very excited. And this was in 2001, and I found out at our annual board meeting for our association where I live that I am not only the oldest member in the association, I turned 83 in April, but I've been in the association longer than any one of the other 24 families that are up here. So I'm here for the, for the long haul. All right. Excellent, Bill. Well, you sure picked a beautiful place to be. And um, I know what you're doing with the uh, Railroad Museum certainly is keeping you busy. And from a little research that I've done, I understand your first building 
it was 15 years ago, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was 2006 when you moved into your first building south of town. Is that right? Well, it was actually 2007, but uh, we made the deal in 2006 and moved in in 2007. All and right. that building had 3,400 square feet. And we had the uh, HO and O scale uh, in that building. The HO is as you walked in the front door, and then in the back we had the O scale. We also had G scale at that building, but there wasn't room inside the building, so we had that outside. It was a small G scale layout, about 12 feet by 20 feet, I think. The problem with that one was, though, it was outside, so we had to put all the trains and buildings and everything on it when we wanted to run it. At the end of the day, we had to take them all that back and put them in the storage shed. So it was a lot of monkey business. All right. And then things improved for you, I understand, uh, with your your relocation, moving into your new building. Uh, to share a little bit about that process. How did that go? Okay. Well, uh, what happened is in 2016, the owner of the building, of our original building back there, passed away. And we were unable to renew our lease, excuse me, with the new owners. And so I started looking for a new property. And I came upon this building uh, right in the middle across Lake, right across from Zorba's restaurant and also the campground. Uh, it was a 8,000 square foot building, 4,000 feet on two floors. And we thought, wow, uh, it wasn't all available. There were stores on the upper level. But the bottom level was empty except for one office where a fella was selling used cars. So we leased the lower level of the building. And this was in 2016. We, we had that lease in place and we started moving out of the old building and moving everything into the basement of the new leased building. This was 2017 now where we had everything into the building. It was Memorial Weekend in 2017, as a matter of fact, and uh, what happened is the building caught on fire. Uh, they were putting in a new air conditioning system in the building, and there was faulty wiring, and the building caught on fire and basically burnt to the ground. And Kent, this is kind of where you came in, and as you were traveling into Cross Lake late that night, on Memorial Monday in 2017. And why don't you say a little bit about what you saw when you're driving into town? Yeah, well, what we saw was uh, just a wall of smoke. And you're right, Bill. Uh, I was heading up for the weekend with my family and came right into Cross Lake. And as you mentioned, your location is right in the middle of Cross Lake downtown there. And we were heading north. Um, our place is north, kind of up by the Trout Lake area. And we just came into all the smoke. You, we, we had to stop. We just couldn't proceed any further. And uh, my daughter in the back seat said, Dad, the building's on fire. And we were just astonished that the building was actually on fire. We were kind of kind of stunned. So we called 911 and got the first, you know, the um, the first responders on their way. And and we, of course, got out of the area and headed, continued to head north through the smoke and smoke cleared. And we were on our way out. And 
And yeah, I, I never would have, it never would have dawned on me at that time that I'd be talking to you several years later about the fire at the railroad museum. But, but that's exactly what happened, Bill. Well, I want to thank you, Kent, for turning in that 911 call because uh, although it didn't save our equipment because we lost everything we had there and we had about $300,000 worth of railroad equipment in that basement. And what was a terrible tragedy at the time actually turned into a divine intervention. And I'm saying that because we had an architect in the area Jonathan Grothy was his name. And he contacted us and said, um, I understand that you may be building a new building. And I told Jonathan, I said, well, we're working through that right now. The owner of the building did not have enough insurance to uh, restore the building. So he donated the property, the burnt out building and the property itself to the railroad club. So uh, and he didn't have enough to rebuild. So it was our position at that point to rebuild the building. And Jonathan was the architect that designed the new building. And uh, he donated his time and efforts to the railroad club. So that's where the divine intervention came. And also with the contractor that we hired, Joel Knippel, a great contractor in the area, he was the builder. We now have the prettiest building in Cross Lake, right in the middle of Cross Lake. And again, we're right across from Zorba's in the middle of town and also across from the campground. And we will be very, very close within walking business for the new Loon Center that will be going up and uh, be built. I, th I hope they're starting that this summer. So it'll be a little while before they get in, but I think we can help each other. What a perfect location, Bill, you mentioned right by uh, just north of ice cream and just on the other side of the road from pizza. That's right. What can get better than that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what are the hours, if you could real quick share that with us, uh, the days and hours that you're open? Yes, we're open right now. We're open every Saturday and we're open at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And there are trains running then, um, hopefully in all of the scales. Also, after Memorial Weekend, we're going to be open on Wednesdays from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, when we're working during the week, and people are here all week long working. If you see cars out there, at least I leave the front door open. And if people come in, I'm happy to give them a tour and show them the building and the, the trains and so forth. However... Most likely, we don't have trains running then, but we welcome people always. Right. Hey, Bill, you mentioned tour. I know your role, I believe your role at the uh, Railroad Museum, you are the tour guide extraordinaire. Tell us a little bit about that role and and what the tours, what, what someone could expect uh, going on one of your tours. Okay. Well, I can give you kind of a virtual tour if you... You wish, go right through everything I do if you want me to. I can make it short enough so that uh, 
everybody can hear what's going on. Would you yeah. like me to do that? Yeah, Bill, that would be great. Um, I know your insight is deep and there's several different layouts and designs that you have there in the museum that are just absolutely beautiful and functional. And I would that would be great if you could um, just maybe give us a high level um, we'll have you back on the show and we can maybe deep dive into some of the specific exhibits. Uh, but if you could give us an overview, that would really be helpful. Okay. Well, if somebody walks in the front door, uh, you're right in our store and right at the ticket window. Ticket window is kind of a little weird because we don't sell tickets. We, our admission fee is basically a donation we ask for a minimum of $5 per adult and the kids 12 and under are free. Kids also get trained magazines when they leave. We're in our store, we sell hats and t-shirts, train memorabilia, children's books, that type of thing. And as we go into the train building, we have some beautiful murals on the wall. I show people these murals are about four feet by eight feet. Uh, we get into the children's area and there's a train layout the kids can run. Uh, one is run by a transformer. It's one layout. There's two trains on it. The other train is run by just pushing a button. So even a two-year-old can do that. Then we go through our library area and look at lanterns and so forth. We also have a picture of the William Crooks. That was the first locomotive in the state of Minnesota. And we have a model of that outside, a one-third scale model that the kids can get up inside in the engine and also walk through the caboose. They do that usually after the tour. Then we enter into the uh, top floor of the building and we do have two floors. So we have 8,000 square feet in our building now when we're, while we originally only rented 4,000 or the lower level, but we have the whole building. And as we walk into the main room on the upstairs level, you walk into the HO area. Uh, HO is the smallest scale uh, HO kind of stands for half O because the track width is about half the width of the O scale track. We all have all kinds of exhibits there. If I can, you, I can get into that a little later if you want me to. And we also look at exhibit in the back of the room that's a lumbering exhibit of Pine River that shows the lumbering uh, operation in the Brainerd Lakes area turn of the century. Then we walk over to the O-scale area and uh, we see uh, another large table there. And the tables I'm talking about now are uh, about 60 feet long and about 20 feet wide. So they're big tables. And the HO layout has six tables in their area, but they're not all that big. They're more like six feet wide and, and uh, about 30 feet long. So. Anyhow, then we go through the O scale. Uh, they're setting up a, a series of buildings in the side that are operating accessories and kids will be able to make things happen by pushing a button when they get that up and running. Uh, we get to the front of the, back to the front of the stairway and I take people downstairs and they see the G scale downstairs, which has the entire uh, lower level of 4,000 square feet with the exception of the uh, workroom that we have and the furnace area and so forth. 
And I like to listen to people as they walk downstairs and view the huge G-scale layout because it's an exclamation of, oh, wow. Uh, and so it, it's really exciting. At that point, my tour ends and I leave them with the fellow by the name of Dick Elmquist, who is running the lower level, and he has some helpers down there, but he will take people through that and run the trains down in the G-scale layout. And that pretty much ends my tour, uh, although I talk about the different exhibits and so forth as we walk through. Hey, Bill, I wanted to ask you specifically, I understand you have a a logging operation exhibit that is specific to the whitefish chain, which is really cool. And if you could share with the listeners the history there uh, of the logging operation that did take place 140 years ago here in the Cross Lake community. Well, that's that's very true, as a matter of fact. And logging kind, kind of went along with the mining, iron mining. And we do have an iron mine uh, on the layout where the trains come under the table and come into the mine for the mining exhibition. The mining was done across, of course, in Crosby Ironton, very close to Cross Lake. But the logging, a lot of the logging was done in Cross Lake. And we have a separate train layout. It's a static layout of the Pine River area. And we show where logs are logged off a hill and lumberjacks up on the hill. The logs are put on railroad cars. The railroad cars are pulled over to the side of the lake and dumped to the lake. And our situation here, they were dumped into a lake at Old Log Landing, just north of where we're located here in the train club. Uh, and they float down the lake in through the dam, the Pine River Dam. Uh, and then they go into the Pine River and float into Brainerd to the lumber mill in Brainerd where they're processed into lumber. Uh, we also have some of the log village uh, buildings on our layout. And like I say, the separate layout, static layout of Pine River uh, is quite interesting because it was a town that started back in the early 1900s. Oh, excellent, Bill. Hey, the historical aspect of what you have there at the museum is very interesting uh, as well to me, and not to mention all the artistic and and the, the trains, the functional train layouts as well. It, it all kind of comes together there at the museum. I understand too that there's a membership program. Um, there's a club actually. How do you get involved in that? Could you Could you share some thoughts there? Well, a lot of times when I take through people through, especially if I see a particular person or a family that's extremely interested, I, I tell the people, you know, you should be a member of this club. And we have a member sheet that we can give them. Membership is actually quite reasonable. It's $120 a year or $10 a month. And like if they were to join at the end of June, uh, they only pay $60 for the last half of the year. And then the following year, they're billed in January for the, for the entire year. And uh, a membership is actually a family membership. So if a gentleman joins and he's married and has children, uh, the wife sometimes gets involved and the kids are welcome to come too. And they can get involved into as high a level as they want. They can actually 
help build the layouts. They can do modeling. They can do painting. They can do electronics, a uh, number of things that they can do. Also, uh, last year before the pandemic started, we'd go out to dinner once a month and have, it was a social club also, and people really enjoyed that. And hopefully we'll be able to start that up again soon. Real good, Bill. Hey, where can we find you online? Well, you can find us online at www.crosslaketrainclub.com. All right. Thank you. And I have to ask you the question. I've heard you over the last couple of weeks, we've spent some time together. You've referenced uh, orange boxes. What does that mean to you? Pardon me. I didn't hear what you said there. Uh, over the over the last few weeks, we've spent some time together, and you've mentioned um, orange boxes, like as in the Lionel orange box. Is that oh the what, orange boxes? <laughs> what does it? What does I'm that sorry. mean to you? Yes. Well, if you you know what an orange box is, especially if you're in Lionel or an O scale, and and I guess my reference to it was when I was a kid. Uh, and Christmas time came. I always liked those orange boxes that were under the Christmas tree because they held Lionel trains usually. And uh, so, yes, and we have a lot of orange boxes around here. That's interesting. Hey, Bill, I've got an orange box story real quick here, and then we'll wrap up our discussion today. Um, I also I, I do some work on the consulting side of things, and I was working with a client years ago in um, Port Huron, Michigan, and the mm -hmm. name of the company was Lionel Train Manufacturing. That's where they actually did all the design build for Lionel, and they were filling orders, um, train sets that they were sending to the East Coast to like Bloomingdale's and Macy's there in New York City. Uh, Lionel always had the big display. Oh, my goodness. And they had all these um, season orders for the Christmas holiday period that they had to fulfill. And they had concerns that they might be able not be able to make all their orders. So so our role was to help them uh, with that and get all their products shipped on time. And uh, we were able to do that and everything went well. But uh, what I wanted to share with you is at the end of our program, uh, there was a, a meeting. Uh, the owner uh, flew in and met with our team. And I was shocked because here's this older gentleman at the time. I was probably in my 30s. And this gentleman was probably around 60. And he walked into our meeting room and he had a corduroy blazer on and jeans and a five o'clock shadow. And he had this big brown briefcase. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, I, I recognize this guy. And as it turns out, it was Neil Young, the rock and roll legend, Neil Young. And mm -hmm. to learn that he he's an owner of Lionel. He got into trains at a very early on when his son was born. And it was one of those father-son relationships that just grew over time and just went all in on the trains to a point where he actually uh, bought the company. So that was an exciting opportunity. And I wanted to share that with you because I thought it was very cool to meet Neil Young and, and work at Lionel. It was awesome. That's an awesome story. Uh, I bet he's a very interesting man. I hope you got to talk to him a little bit. Yes, it was very interesting. 
Oh, awesome. Well, Bill, thank you again for your time, sharing all your insights and, and all your passion around what's going on um, with the Cross Lake uh, Train Museum, Railroad Museum. And again, the website, uh, crosslaketrainclub.com. Anything else that, that our listeners should know about what you're doing there before we wrap it up? Well, the, the only thing I, I wanted to mention, I haven't talked about it yet, is, is um, I got involved in the train club uh, in back in uh, 2006. And it was actually started by a woman, Darlene Blazina is her name. She was living up in the area here and actually in Aiken. And we got together, six or seven people got together and started the model train club and it was originally called Northern Trackers. But we give her credit today uh, and we say model trains is normally an old man's hobby. And a lot of the people that have been into trains in our club, for instance, are in their 80s. I turned 83 in April. Darlene Blazina is 78 uh, uh, and she's here for every meeting and really enjoys uh, seeing the trains and actually running trains. She has train layouts in her little home in Aiken that she was born in. She has both HO and O scale. So uh, it's a wonderful hobby and not only an old man's hobby, but women are interested too. All right. Real good, Bill. That I think we'll, we'll wrap up for today. And I just want to say thank you, Bill, for working with our podcast, the process, getting on Zoom, doing a recording here today. It has been a lot of fun. And I know technology sometimes is challenging, but you are a trooper. And I just want you to know that we really appreciate you taking the time to meet with us today. Well, thank you very much. And I invite anybody out there that has any interest at all in model trains to come and visit us and see a beautiful building that's kind of antique on side. We have over a hundred pictures hanging on the wall. So it truly is a museum and a lot to see and uh, very exciting. And I will make sure your tour is one of the best you ever had. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. And once again, real quick, crosslaketrainclub.com on the internet. And www.crosslaketrainclub.com. Right. So go see Bill. He'll introduce you to an awesome hobby, beautiful building, and uh, amazing tour. So we'll leave it at that, Bill. Thanks again for all your time. Thank you, Kent, for allowing me to be on your podcast. Have a good day. Bye-bye, Bill. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to the episode today. And uh, I just want to say thank you to Bill Burry for your time. Working with you the last couple of days, Bill, has been a pleasure, an honor. And for you to share what you did today throughout your career and your interests and passion around model railroad um, hobby and what's being done at the Cross Lake uh, Model Railroad Museum is is really impressive, and we appreciate uh, you coming on today. Please support Bill. Go to the museum, say hi, and check out what they're doing. And then also, please support our efforts here with the podcast. I, I would ask you to please subscribe, rate, and review. That helps us. And uh, we've got some more content coming your way soon. So, so by subscribing, uh, you'll know next time 
uh, when a podcast is uh, dropped that you'll be notified and uh, you won't miss any. So uh, please do that. And then uh, we'll be talking to you soon. And again, thank you for listening. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Whitefish Chain Experience Podcast. Want to DM the Whitefish Chain Podcast in between episodes? You can let us know if you want to participate in the podcast or share some content ideas. Please follow us on Instagram at Whitefish Chain Podcast. If you want to learn more about what we talked about today or view our podcast library, please visit our website, whitefishchain.com. Until next time, stay safe and healthy, Whitefish Chain friends.